with a fervent heat. The stars are going to fall from the sky, but those that do the will of the Lord will abide forever. I pray that you would speak to us clearly in a way that we can't ignore it and give us the courage and the character to respond to your word because another man's voice we will not follow. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. By God's grace, for just a few moments, I want to talk to you about Abram, Lot, and all the men in between. Abram, the father of the faithful, Lot, and all the men in between. In a culture as wicked as ours is, and as dark as our times are, many professing Christian men satisfy themselves with just being good. It's wonderful to be good, don't get me wrong. A good husband, a good father, a good worker, a good friend, a good man. But there's a world of difference between good and evil and a world of difference between good and godly. Every godly man is good, but not every good man is a godly man. And the glory of man is like the grass of the field. Our best is like the grass of the field that's thrown into the oven and burn up. But only that which originates from God and is supplied by the Spirit of God will last this Father's Day, I've not done anything like this before that I can remember. I just, I want to compare Abram and Lot and let you see them as two ends of a linear line and then think of all in between. And there is no reason that you can't be all the way to the godly end except for you choosing not to be. That's not the perfect end. That's the godly end. That's where a man lives for God. He lives unto God. God is his hobby. God is his primary focus. God is the centrality of his life. God is the thing that brings him the most pleasure. God is the thing that grants his affections. And if that were a gift, then there would not be an expectation of it from God except based on the gift. Godliness, it's imparted, but it's a choice. It's a, it's a, it's a choosing the things that please the Lord instead of choosing to please ourselves. So I want to talk to you just a few moments, very simple, on Lot, the carnal man. And then I want to contrast Abram and Lot, and I want, by the end of service, the men in this house that call themselves Christian to see where they are in the line and move yourself over, get behind yourself, push to, to, not to perform, but say, Lord, I don't want anything in my life over you or before you. Lot, 
the carnal man. And by carnal, you can say uh, temporal. He had a temporal view, not an eternal view. Sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, knowledge. It was all about the world, a worldly man. See, you don't have to be an adulteress or an adulterer or a homosexual or, 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 or a pride-filled person to be carnal. You can just be worldly. People of pleasure more than people of purpose. People of comfort more than people of cause. You know, God said that Sodom and Gomorrah was exceedingly wicked, horrible, perverse. But in other places, it also says they laid on their couches of ivory and didn't care about anybody but themselves. They were at ease. They were just carnal people. Lot was an enlightened and engrafted man. Lot's a type of the Gentile. A type, not a perfect type, but a type. So God called Abram out of the land of the Ur Chaldees. That's how the Jewish nation started. Abram was a Gentile, a star worshiper. He was pagan. God called him and called him out. And he told Abram, get out of the land of your fathers, out of the land of the Ur Chaldees, and come to a land that I will show you. And he did not tell him to take Lot. But he took Lot with him. Lot received an invitation from Abram that he didn't deserve. And God gave him an allowance he didn't deserve. And see, some of us have been brought into the kingdom more through the prayers of other people than it was our own desire and our own pursuings. And we have been granted a grace where God should have rejected us, but he accepted us and we're accountable for that. See, that, that's the thing. Other people just have ignorance, but Lot knew God through Abram. He, he, he was engrafted in. He received an invitation and he was engrafted in and he was blessed. Early on, some of us in our beginnings of coming to faith or right after coming into faith, we weren't aware that all that happened to you and some of it you associated with your mental ability or your capacity or your work ethic. You don't realize that it's all because of your connection to Abram, to our Abram, our Christ. The blessings that flowed onto Lot were not because Lot was a good person. It's that he was connected to the elect. And we are connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the blessing, any blessing that rests upon your life, it is based upon who you are connected to. Jesus Christ the Lord. Everything flows from the head, what? Down to us. And Lot was blessed. But he was an ignorant man. He was an immature man. He did not know what he had. He did not know what he was doing. He did not know where he was going. He did not know how dangerous the path ahead was. Ignorance doesn't mean that you're stupid. It means you're uninformed. I consider myself to be sharp. I'm not smart. I'm not book smart. Like if, if you gave me a book and said memorize that and you're going to have a test on it. I go, oh, please. Just regurgitate back to us. Don't use your mind. Don't think about it. Just tell us what the book said. Just give me my, can we call it a D and me just go home? I just, I'm a lot better to test when it says like, find three answers to, to this problem. You know, find, find three and I can figure out solutions. But if, if you put me in a hospital room 
on fifth or sixth floor and the little machine, in that moment, my ignorance is brought to the surface. And I don't know who that guy is in the bed, but if somebody don't come help him, he's going to die because I don't know what to push, what to unplug, what to fill, what to stop. My ignorance of that environment is glaring. The church is filled with ignorant people that aren't aware of what's at stake, aren't aware of the lateness of the hour, aren't aware of, of who they're dealing with. They know just enough, many of them, to get all the stories mixed up. And they're punching buttons and not knowing what they're doing and they don't know how to approach the Lord. Lot was one of those, his blessings far outweighed his spiritual IQ. That's why you can't judge someone. Oh, they got a new car. I'm blessed, highly favored. No, you may just be rich. You may just be rich. You don't equate someone's worth based on what they own. That is not a good barometer. Lot was one that would choose gain over godliness and temporal blessings over spiritual riches. Choosing gain over godliness and temporal blessings over spiritual riches. When Abram suggested, so here's the herdsman fighting. He said, oh, Abram said, I just don't want there to be no tension. Um, just you go and take all of the cattle that came to you through me. Because when we left, you didn't have nothing. Take it, go your way. Why didn't he say, are you kidding me? Leave you? God has visited you personally. You're my connection to all things of faith. All that I have is because of you. I, I'm not losing this connectivity, this relationship over something temporal like goats and bulls and rams. No, no, you can have it all. Don't make me leave. And some of us as men, we don't realize that we're carnal because we say I'm doing this for my wife and family. We... We give away spiritual relationships and we leave thriving churches and places that are conducive to our spiritual growth for financial gain. There's men in this room that left and they've come back and sought the Lord before they left. Uh, the Lord was relocating them and they said, I know this, if it's God, then there's going to be a church there or we ain't going. A godly church, I'm not going to give up relationship and a, and a church home just for financial gain. And let me just present this to you. Some of you devalue, you've devalued spiritual relationships. What the ladies share on Wednesday nights up here, what the men share in this group, you need to re-esteem that spiritual dynamic. And I'd rather my bottom line go down and have you and us have us. Clay, that we have one another. We can share from one another. Lot was like, oh yeah, it's, it's about that dollar bill. I, I got to go. Yeah, it's, I don't want there to be no fighting. Well, why didn't he say, I don't care if all the herdsmen fight. I ain't leaving you. Did you know there are people in your life that you would not be who you are today had God not connected you with them? Do you realize that me and you, Scott, we're sharing our lives together. We're sharing, we're sharing our lives together. And it's time we value one another and we esteem one another and we respect one another and we prefer one another, which means 
We compensate from when somebody needs something. We take from our resources and we diminish so that they can come up because after all, it's not a, it's, it doesn't matter what the herdsmen are doing and it doesn't matter what my, my bottom line is. What matters is that you are respecting it, you are cared for and that you are loved. That's how the body works. But he chose, well, I, I, I wouldn't want to lose any income and there's not enough grass here to sustain us. So if I'm going to keep going, I'll just make the break. And let me just tell you, the world will always have a ship waiting for you like um, Jonah to take you out of the will of God. There will always be an avenue to take you from the will of God. My account does not have to keep growing, but my nearness to God and my service to you does. This is good, Pastor John, this is good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lot was a compromising man. Listen to this in 2 Peter 2. That Lot staying in Sodom and Gomorrah vexed his soul every day by the filthy lifestyles of the wicked. How many compromises does it take to accept his normal and partake of that which God abhors? Lot, and I'll talk in a minute how he got there, but Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah 20 years how many compromises does it take a man? How many compromises does it take to start to normalize that which God hates? God hates divorce. God hates immorality. God hates adultery. God hates homosexuality. God hates pride. God hates uh, that love of money and the love of this world. But if we compromise enough, our heart becomes hardened. Our conscience is seared with a hot iron. And one of the ways you can tell that you've drifted from the Lord is when you start to normalize that which God hates and makes it acceptable to you. How many times must you quench the conviction of the Holy Spirit before you no longer feel it? How many lines must you cross before you forget who you were before? It's like the prodigal when he was in the pig's and for a Jew to be near pigs or, or walking in their excrement was just the vilest thing. And the Bible said he desired. It had got so bad that he feigned. He desired. He longed for the slop that the pig was eating. Lot was a man that started to... Now watch. This is, this is so pertinent for us today. There's no record of him participating in the, the perverse sexual immorality, the temples of prostitution, the homosexuality that was rampant. No, he didn't participate. But he did live close enough to live on the buzz of that wickedness. I ain't drunk. I ain't drunk on the world. I'm just buzzing a little bit. Why didn't he walk in the city and go, my Lord and my God, and leave. Where are you on the scale, sir? If you're honest and you've been married longer than, you know, a couple weeks, you could have been all over the scale. I'm not committing adultery. I'm just buzzing on images of a woman that's not my wife. I'm, I'm not stealing from God, I'm just 
not rich towards him. I'm not, you see, if my wife came home with the cologne of another man on her, it doesn't matter if it's strong or faint. The issue is it was someone else. And in this last hour, we need men who do not look like the world, who do not love the world, who do not live for the world, who do not smell like the world, and who are not buzzing on the world's wine. Amen? Thank you. He was a cowardly man. No record of speaking up, standing up, standing out, standing against. I know the pressures that are coming with this Gay Pride Month, and I know all the pressures of this woke America and all the distortions and the deception and the delusion and all this pressure. But by not standing up and not speaking up, you're casting a vote. We've got, we got to stand up. I'm not judging you. I'm judging it. No, don't tell me that's Christian. Tell me my Savior was a homosexual. Have you lost your mind? Your mind. We're so afraid of what someone thinks that we've lost the fear of what God thinks. Lot should have left and he should have parted their hair with his words on the way out. No, no. God, that, your God sounds like my devil. He's a God of love. He's, a, he's also the one that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and not a living thing survived with fire from heaven. At the most critical time when Lot finally lifted his voice, listen to this, to his family. And you know the story, they're living there and angels came and told them that God's going to destroy the city. And it was so bad. You remember God told Abram what he was going to do? And Abram said, Lord, can, will you spare it for 100 people? Would you spare it for 50? Would you spare it for 20? And he, he pleaded with God. He goes, would you spare it if there were 10 righteous people there? God said, I'll spare it for 10. Well, Lot's family was four. There weren't 10 righteous people in the two cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the time Lot spoke up and said, we got to get out of here, his voice seemed to his sons-in-law and his daughters like someone that was just playing. See, you can't be silent for 20 years and then jump up one day and expect somebody to follow you. I can't change this world. I'm, listen, and I'm not, I'm not being um, facetious. Just hear me out. This gives me capacity to continue. How many know the Holy Spirit has been active on the earth since day one? If the Holy Spirit has not changed the world, I'm going to be a little easy on myself. Right? So my responsibility is not to change. It's to preach the gospel and to speak out on righteousness and speak to the church and encourage you while it's day to make sure that your house is in order. Finally, Lot was just a dull, undiscerning man. He was unaware of the true condition of his life and house. He was not 10 righteous people in two joining cities. 
He was unaware of when and where his life began to unravel. He did not know it traced back to that time where he could have just lost some money and stayed in God's blessing. He was unaware of what he really once had and what he lost forever. He was unaware of the radiational damage done to him and his family by exposure. Think of worldliness as radiation. Well, this, this movie's edited for television. We, on, we only watch the edited for television version. But the movie is based on a man and his wife, and the woman finds somebody that she truly loves who's not her husband. But this guy understands her, and he brought her coffee. Joe brought her Joe, and it was a good thing. And she finally found somebody. So she leaves her husband, and they have a romantic tryst, but it's edited for television, so you only see them in the sheets. And she finally finds her love. It's wonderful. Movies based on things that contradict the word of God and we applaud and concerts that sing of gross immorality and we go to them and put our pictures on Facebook and pride ourselves that because we're not holding a margarita now or a, a, a Budweiser that we're living a pure and godly life but the radiation from it. What you do, what you allow in small doses will have long-term lingering effects on your children. Now, I know you don't want to hear this. I know your flesh doesn't, and I know this generation, well, that's just ridiculous, that's just crazy. Let me tell you what my daddy did. Uh, and of course, mama was in on it. Mama participated, mama validated his father's day. So I'm gonna tell you what he did. We grew up with a television. It didn't have one of these. He had children. I was the remote. And it ain't like the TV today. Turn it on. Shh. 65 million pixels. No, you had like three pixels. Black and white with rabbit ears. And it would take it. Uh, those of you over 50. Am I exaggerating? Six or seven minutes to turn on. And then a face would come in. No, he's gone. And it would warm up. And did any of you have to hit it? Hit the TV? And hit it and it kind of, ooh. And then you do the rabbit ears. And then God forbid you had one on the roof. Daddy said, go get on the roof. And you walking antennas around on the roof. And you get it. Go, Hold it right there, baby. And you on there, on the roof. Thunderstorms going off. But one of the little things, right or wrong, that my dad did because he grew up in an alcoholic home. If a commercial came on for alcohol or cigarettes, turn it off. Now, being the dad, there's a couple of privileges. He didn't have to get up and turn it off. The remote did. But I'm thinking, I ain't worried about the trek over there. That's not long. But Lassie and Andy Griffith don't last but 30 minutes. And if I cut it off, I've lost a third of the show. And if back-to-back -back commercials come on, you got eight minutes out of the... I'm being serious. Turn it off. Turn it off. What was he saying? I've seen the world and I don't want you to be exposed. Parents, listen. We can't keep our children from it. But we don't have to park them in it. The songs that play through our speakers, the songs that play in our car, the, the things that we watch at home, the things that we watch on our iPad or our uh, computer. 
Lot let his children grow up in Sodom, and then he's going to act surprised that they grew up to be Sodomites. So all of this that I'm talking about, the carnal man, understand, Papa, if you're doing the opposite of this, there's equal and great reward. My responsibility leans more to letting you see the negative so that you can choose. Choose this day, life or death, blessing or cursing, that you would move yourself over on the needle and choose life. Unaware of the powerlessness of himself. You remember when they were taken captive in Genesis all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were taken captive. And Abram and his men came and delivered them. Lot couldn't deliver himself, but he knew who to call. And after God rescued him. See, some of us, before we get settled into a horrible lifestyle, we have a moment where God rescues us and starts us over. Instead of going back to the one we were connected with, we go back into Sodom because nothing was lost. Did you catch that? I got my wife back. I got my house is back, I got my lands back, I got the assets back. We didn't lose anything except your soul. Unaware of the erosion of opportunity, morality, integrity, responsibility, and authority. Unaware of the distortion in his own soul. When the angels came to destroy the land, they were trying to, uh, uh, Lot had invited them into his house and a crowd of men, uh, perverse men, beat on the door and said, where are the strangers that came in to you? Um, bring them out that we might know them or have sex with them. And that word know them is the same one where Abram knew, I mean, uh, Adam knew his wife Eve. He had sex with her and Cain and Abel were brought forth. He said, bring them out. And here's what Lot said. No, 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 no. This, y'all, please catch this. This is so relevant for today. Lot said, no, do not do this wicked thing. In his culture, how you took care of strangers was preeminent. He said, do not take these men and do this horrible thing, this wickedness. Instead, here's my two virgin daughters. Take them and do whatever you want with them. And they said, how can that be applicable in this modern day generation? I'll tell you. We, consciously or unconsciously, tell the places that we do business with, the place where we work, by the way, it's how I pay my bills and all of this. What they esteem, see, in their culture, it was how you treated strangers. They want us to esteem something greater than God and family. And we give them our children to make peace with them. That's a distorted soul. We sacrifice our children on the altar of conforming to this world. You call me odd. Call me different. Call me peculiar. We're not like they are. We don't go where they go. We don't listen to what they listen to. We don't wear what they wear. We don't do what they do. Because we're not who they are. That's a choice that I make. And when my kids are grown and they finally get free, they can do what they want. But as for me and my house, we're going to push the needle all the way over this way. And if I err, let it be 
in ignorance doing the right thing. I would rather do the right thing the wrong way than to do the wrong thing the right way. And that ain't in my notes. That's just good. It just came to me. He was unaware of the lateness of the hour and the impending judgment. And we are standing at the, at the threshold of Jesus Christ coming for his church. And then the judgment of the Lord. We're going to give an account for the deeds done in our body. And then the world is going to stand before the great white throne judgment. Unaware of God's mercy even now. The angel said, run, God's uh, wrath is about to fall on this place. And guys, I'm, I'm running out of time, so I won't be able to do all of this. If our musician would come, please. The angels are pulling him out. Now watch this. Watch the arrogance of Lot. God is rescuing him. Get out of the city. Let's go. And he goes, uh, uh, and he's telling him how to deliver him. He's telling the angel of deliverance how to deliver him. Can we just go to these other little small cities like Zoar instead? Don't you know the angel said, have you ever seen anything like this in your life? This man ought to be destroyed. And God is having mercy on him. And he still thinks that he knows a better way than God. Did you catch that? So the angel is pulling him. Pulling his wife. Pulling the daughters. Making them go. Why is it so hard to get Lot, Lot's wife, and his daughters out of Sodom? Because they are Sodomites. Well, we didn't participate. Yeah, but it was home. I hope, I plan, I purpose to have uncomfortable days like this that cause you to go and untie yourself from this evil and adulterous generation and make sure that your hot air balloon is tethered to nothing but one piece of rope. So when God said, it's time to go home, you ain't got nothing to look back to. He told him, the angel said, now don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. And Lot lost his wife as she turned back. It doesn't mean just looked. It means that she turned and deeply longed for that which was behind her. Lot gets to the town. The sulfur falls from heaven and God kills everything. Yeah, he's a loving God, but he's a just God too. He's a righteous God. And the smoke ascends up and it's just, can you imagine not just a house fire, but two cities burning at the same time by heaven's fire not earth's fire and the daughters who grew up in such perversion that they said and they didn't know that the whole world could have been burnt and they said let's get our dad drunk and sleep with him so that we can carry on our name in the earth well, why did they think Lot would get drunk with them How did they know that he would be open to something as perverse? I lived a very, very wicked, wicked life before Jesus Christ. But there's a fine line between not recognizing who you're with and blacking out. 
And in sex, it takes participation. I'm just telling you. So, however and whatever happened, and stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn this around for us. <laughs> they gave birth to Moab and Ammon, who were the thorn and are the thorn in Israel's side to this day. Because Lot was willing to walk away from his Jesus, his connection to God. Sir, I don't care if you're a young man. I don't care if you're uh, 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 just married, not married, white-haired, or in your fourth quarter. You control the needle. You control the needle. Don't, don't be satisfied. Well, I, I'm not Lot, but I'm just somewhere in between. What would happen if you went all in on God? Very quickly, can I give this to you? During the 20 years, just look at Lot and Abram and Lot. God's still talking to Abraham all through those 20 years. He's not talking to Lot. Abraham's building altars unto God. No mention of Lot building altars. Abraham has been made rich by God. Lot became rich by his own efforts. And how do you know the difference between godly riches and earthly riches? God's blessing comes with no sorrow with it. Abraham provides, protects, and preserves his family. Lot lets Sodom raise them. Abraham is a free man. Lot is taken captive by any stronger force that's on the horizon. God is making and keeping promises to Abraham. None are given to Lot. God is changing Abram. From Abram to Abraham, Lot remains the same. No need to change his name because his life's not changing. God grants Abram a son. Lot only daughters. Now, listen, I'm not making light of daughters. My two girls are my world, you know. Daddy will go to, go to war for his boys, but he'll go to jail for his girls, you know. But in the Jewish culture, the boys were a gift because Messiah could come through that line. He didn't trust Lot with a boy. Abram offers his son to God. Lot offers his daughters to sexually perverse men. So Abraham... Now, I talked to you about all the negatives and the woes. And if you give me three, four minutes, we are done, guys. I want to talk to the men that are living upright and godly. And you're setting the example. You're people of prayer. You're people of praise. Your children are watching you. I had a... I had a precious moment that... Uh, happened to me. I want to share with you. It's not in my notes. I was in my room the other day. Uh, I have a room downstairs so I don't have to climb the live stairs. And it's, it's just quieter down there. Uh, I was at my desk and it just overwhelmed me how good God has been to me. And I just began to like cry, cry. Not just like I am now, but I mean cry, cry. And I remember my hands were up and I was trembling and I was like, 
You're just so good to me. You're just so good. I bless your great name. And I was just pouring out my praise. And it was just four or five minutes of very deeply emotional worship. And I wiped my eyes and I just remembered, you know, I got kids and and I looked and my little boy was on my bed with his Nintendo Switch. And his eyes were like this big. I just kind of walked out. I said, excuse me, son, I'm sorry. Not I'm sorry for that. Excuse me. So I waited a few minutes and I came back in. And I said, uh, when I said I'm sorry, I wasn't apologizing for what I was doing, son. I just... I didn't want you, I I wasn't doing it for you to see. Uh, Your daddy just owes God so much and I I love him and I I fail him so much and I want to be, and I explained to him what all it was. And I said, what did you think when you saw daddy doing that? He said, I thought it was a beautiful thing. Papa, we're glad you taught us how to fish. We're glad you taught us how to change a tire. We're glad you taught us how to... We're not glad you taught us how to crank a lawnmower. We're glad you made it to our ball games. And I hope after 30 years... You will allow me to go as deep as I know how. But is that it? Is that it? I'm not minimizing that. All those things are important. But have we seen you walk with the Lord? Have we seen you crying to the Lord. Have we seen you write checks to God and pray for missionaries and give? To, have we seen people come into our house that did not belong to us? Have we seen you live out your faith with a predetermined determination that we live, we're not sprinkling God on our week on Sunday, but it's in him we live, move, and have our being. Have you, do we have just, just good stories And not godly stories. Turn the needle, man. Push the needle. Because lots are dime a dozen. Yeah, he was saved. His family went to hell, but he was saved. His wife's gone. Ain't telling what happened to his daughters. He did a number on them early. And yeah, God can forgive you, but the fallout's still there because radiation doesn't go away after you find grace. Will y'all give, can I tell you a quick story? One of my daddy's stories. So I'm on a pier. I was scared of the pier when I was a little boy. I had cracks in that pier between those things. And I, I, I just didn't know who built this. These guys drunk or they skilled or I'm young. I'm doing all that. And daddy's just walk across the pier. Jim and mama are at the place. Me and daddy are fishing. And I'm at the pier and this guy just walks to the end of the pier. Takes his shirt off. I'm sorry. He just walks in the pier, climbs on top of the pier, stands there, and just falls. No exaggeration. I'm a little kid. I'm thinking, what meaneth this? You know, he just falls. 
My daddy rips his shirt off, hands me to Billy Bob, right? I, we don't know this guy from nothing. He rips his shirt off, goes, take him, hold him. That's my son. Jumps in after the guy. My daddy was bad. My daddy was bad. Jumps in, brings the guy to shore, gets up on the pier, gets me, comes home wet. Mama's in, and mama right there with him. She knew what was going on. Daddy's going fishing. Not for fish. Brings him in the house. They put on several cups of coffee, wait for him to sober up. His life was a mess. Daddy's preaching the gospel. Mama's living the gospel in front of him. Our house was filled. And this man comes to faith, answers the call of God, and he's in ministry today. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not bragging. That's just a story. But it's a God story. Guys, would you stand all across here? Every man, Papa or not. Thank you for what you're doing. But the world is turning up the frequency of hell and evil as high as it can go. The good news this morning is you control your needle. You control it. And if we're going to be a dog, be a big one. And if we're going to be Christian, let's be godly. Let's be powerful. And let's be prayerful. And let's be courageous. And let's be repentant. And let's apologize to our wives and our children in front of them. Let us walk with meekness. But men, men... Strong in the Lord and in the power of God's might. Cherishing relationships. We're writing our story. And one side is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And on the other side, we don't even know what happened. And it's up to you. If you got a dad, uh, tell you what, guys, will you do this for me? We're going to take the extra minute. Would you just uh, come and surround them? You might have to come out in the aisle, but if you've got a dad, a granddad, father figure, make your way to them right now. Would you do that? You want to go upstairs? Make your way to them. And however you want to communicate your love to them, but I, I want somebody out loud to pray over them right now and bless them and tell them, Daddy, we need you to be strong in the Lord. We need you, Daddy. We need you. Just pray over them, would you? Wives and children, pray over them right now, would you? Thank them. Lord, thank you for this good man, this godly man. Thank you, Lord. Give him courage. Give him strength to live it out. Give him that grace, Lord, to live it out. Give my daddy the courage and the character to push the needle so that I can follow, to make my path straight.
Glory to God. Would the rest of you stand with us this morning? May I encourage you to do something? Those of you that might have strained or very, very difficult relationships. The Bible says to honor your father and mother and the Lord that your days would be long upon the earth. And it's hard to honor a man that wasn't good. But God didn't say respect him. He said honor him. If you come from a home which was not good or the daddy was not good, God's not asking you to respect him but to honor him. See, you respect them based on who they are. You honor them based on who you are. Now, I don't mean expose yourself to harm. I do not mean expose yourself to harm. But if possible, just reach out today. Via card or email. Now, do not expose yourself to harm. But just thinking of you today, thank you for giving me life. It'll do something for your soul. And if you have a godly dad or a dad that's trying to get behind him and say, I see the change and I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you, daddy. I need you in this last hour. Be, be all you can be. Leave, leave plain paths for us, daddy. Leave, leave plain paths for us to follow. And gentlemen, the last thing I'll tell you is Christ himself is going to reward you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day, Papa. You deserve it. God bless you.